0: I mean, he's been putting in work for so long what's going on guys welcome to another episode number eight of putting in work i'm john opeck before we get started i just want to thank everyone out there who's been throwing me some positive feedback about the show. It's been really encouraging to hear that uh, you're enjoying it so thanks for that again and we've got some really exciting guests lined up. Been reaching out to a few people internationally and looks like there's some interest there so stay tuned for all that good stuff. This week we have a very special guest, a man who's accomplished a lot in the face of adversity. Simon Rigg is his name and he's a mouth painter from down in Warrnambool. Simon had an accident. About 25 years ago, he fell off a roof, broke his neck, and as a result, he's now quadriplegic, but he's taught himself to paint with a brush in his mouth, which is called mouth painting for those who don't know. And uh, he's not only learned to do that, uh, he's won a lot of awards for his painting. He's very well known in the artistic community of Warnable and, and among the, the foot and mouth painters uh, group, I believe it's called. It's not often that you get a chance to talk to someone who's been through so much, but also been able to achieve what uh, Simon has so it was really great to sit down uh, well, I didn't sit down with Simon I talked to him on the phone so the audio is a little different than what you might be used to in other episodes but I think if you stick with us you'll you'll see that Simon has a lot to say it's a very inspiring story and I hope you can take something from it enjoy the show To speak no. I'm not <laughs> That's I'm, a... I've got
1: very tech savvy.
0: That's all right. You can make your podcast debut today.
1: Okay. I, I uh, used to do um, tech stuff years ago, but I've got two of screens and machines
0: really. So. Yeah, fair enough. Simon, can you tell me how you got into the mouth painting? Okay. A long story of Rebate, of John o. Yeah. In 1982, I
1: broke my neck high-level spinal cord injury. I was 28 years old and I uh, went into the Austin Hospital for the best part of a year and uh, as part of my rehab, it was suggested to me that the O.T. took me down to you know, the art room and we had to go do a bit of art at the Austin Hospital. And uh, at that stage, I had a neck brace on which immobilised my head totally. But it really actually put me right off painting. And I was you know in a manual wheelchair too totally unable to move so anyway I eventually left the austin and i went into computer aided design for a while and because i'm not a screen person i decided to look back up the painting again and that started to have electric wheelchair and a bit more mobility and that's when i decided to take up my painting because it's a bit more soul soothing if you know what i mean mm. and, rather than just punching out numbers on CAD programs and things like that so, that's actually how i got to my painting I just found it a bit more of a joy, something I'd take with me
0: wherever i go. It was like I'd a th- th- therapeutic process for you?
1: Oh, very much so. I can, you know, settle my mind a bit,
0: express various points of view or, or any feelings or not. So, okay. And and were you much of an artist before the accident?
1: I used to paint and draw a little bit at school. I used to wag uh, English in school and go and sit in the art class, the back of the art class. And so I did do a little bit of drawing, and my first year of high school, I used to do drawings and things like that, now the kids used to do my written
0: work, and oh. so it was to bargain with their projects and things like that. Bit of a swap. So a bit of a swap. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, you enjoyed art, but I guess you probably, I know you were a landscaper, you probably didn't see yourself as someone that would be selling their artworks one day. No, I didn't, because i never had the time done mm. When I was walking around, I was
1: sort of I had a young family, I had more work than, you know, than I could to take on really by a long way. And so I never really had time to paint. I did end up buying a little set of watercolour paints before I broke my neck with the idea of trying to do something different to, for a change, I guess, and get a peace of mind. But I never actually got to use them. I broke my neck shortly after that. But So I eventually got full circle back into the artwork, I
0: guess, in a lot of so it was, it was like you you kind of always wanted to do it, but you didn't have the time or the, it wasn't a, a priority?
1: Well, it's something I enjoyed. You, know, you so it probably wasn't a priority because earning money, as
0: you know, becomes a priority. Mm. Supporting family becomes a priority. You know, maintaining
1: a good job, all that sort of stuff, becomes a priority. And with that job that I had to working in, you know, in the hospital as a superintendent grounds, sort of, it wasn't just the garden, but there were responsibilities towards the people who lived there things like that, so I felt I had a bit of a priority set
0: there I used to. I mean, you were learning to do a lot of things again when you had your, after you had your accident, not being able to use your your hands the way that you used to, so what was it like uh, to learn how to do something that takes as much finesse as, you know, painting and moving an art brush does? Very different. Uh, I had to learn everything again, even from breathing,
1: because I was on a pretty for a while and it was, um, I was actually told I would never be off a ventilator, but I um, obviously recovered a bit better than I thought. Okay. And I never regained any use of my hands, and so I actually use a brush held in my teeth. Just for that, more than anything else, I've, found I've had to control my breathing. Because if you can imagine sitting in front of an easel with, a, say, a fine watercolour brush or brush with a bit of ink on it,
0: hmm.
1: as you're breathing, your body's moving backwards and forwards. And so as I paint... I actually hold my breath so my body doesn't move. And so there's a fair bit of technique involved mastering that, I guess. And most people don't see that, don't I? Yeah. Most people don't even think of that. And uh, I guess that's the main thing. But using the mouth I just saw as an alternative tool or an alternative way of of using a a brush or a tool, whatever you like to call that, as opposed to using a hand, which I obviously didn't have use of after I broke my neck Using a mouth is a good way to do it, and it's actually quite steady once you get the hang of it. Sure. And then and the matter of developing various techniques to cover, you know, ranges, techniques, you know, all that sort of stuff to get a variety of artwork out. After that,
0: so. And how much time goes into each of your artworks? Because I imagine, as, as well as the process of actually painting, there's the mixing paints and getting everything set up and things that would maybe take some people not much time at all, but it's a bit more of a, a task for you?
1: Well, it does. I mean, it takes me a long time to get set up sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have to rely on other people, you know, to set my paints out, Screw yeah. the paint out of the chair, put a canvas up, mm-hmm. put the where I can access them and water or whatever I'm using. And, uh, well, it's just a different thing, but the actual preparation is often a fair bit. The paintings vary a lot. Usually the best paintings are the quickest ones because okay. so they have a bit more spontaneity and i'll find uh, the ones that take too long i'm less satisfied with uh because they have lost a bit of that sure so, so that's what i as a general pattern now, i paint them watercolors and um, acrylic paints and i've got my oil paints back out again now just recently i haven't started them yet but i used to oil well, paint all the time in Tasmania nearly uh, nine years ago so I've got them outside here so they're not too few me from my workers. Yeah. because yeah, a lot of people can't take the, the fumes associated with oil paints Okay. but that's one to car sure. It depends on the medium, depends on the
0: subject and depends how well the painting goes. And and there must be a, a higher level of frustration involved with, you know, being an artist and having a picture in your head that you're trying to recreate, but having the physical limitations that come with, with having a disability, so What was it like in that learning process trying to not only master the skill of painting but, you know, having to just kind of uh, adjust to to your limitations?
1: Well, I guess every artist has their frustrations with that one Hmm. because a lot of people have their uh, picture inside their head before it gets on the canvas. And I've actually learned that it's a bit like life. You can plan it and you can try and do it and execute it. Carry you know to go through the process, but it doesn't always come out like you think. Yeah. It might. And I try and allow that variation for my paintings. I know mean, I started one a week ago. Although I'm going to get a good day's painting here. Everything set up. Felt in a good frame of mind. Went totally wrong, and I spat the day I and mean, it became a dark storm cloud on my canvas. The next worker came in and said, "Oh, you have not had a good time, have you?" <laughs> anyway, I said, "No, well, no." Exercise bit my frustration on that canvas, really, really, didn't I? And they said, Do you want me to take it away? I said, No, I'll leave it. I just looked at it over the process of a week and I started seeing things in there. I started seeing shapes, I started seeing forms and patterns and stuff like that, even though it looked like a, a big abstract mess, really. And I actually got that canvas out, or I had to clear this morning. I got some more paint out and I've actually made what I consider to be quite a nice painting out of it. Hmm. So but that's something that's
0: come from a plan that didn't happen, and I'm still happy with the result today. So it's been a good result. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So you kind of turn around something that hasn't worked into something that you probably wouldn't have done to to begin with. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I've got an unexpected pleasant surprise, I guess. Okay, so Simon, you've actually won some awards for your painting. Is is that kind of recognition that you've had? Is it something that's made you think maybe I could? make a living out of out of your artwork, or is it really not something that you've uh, considered because of the, the time it takes for each artwork?
1: Well, it's something I do consider, because I consider that my focus in life, my work life. I get joy out of painting things that people like to see, and things that cheer people up, things that make people feel better about life, and I think that's quite a, a worthwhile objective. I do get a number of paintings printed around the world on cards and you know, reprints and things like that.
0: Jigsaw so, puzzles. Jigsaw puzzles, that yeah. one too. You, you've seen that one, have you? <laughs> yeah, I think Hannah kind of just ordered one. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah. Yeah, so I do get pleasure from that side of things and I do get some income from it. That's all the bonus that helps me get by. And without my painting, I probably wouldn't have this house. I wouldn't have my car. That's a bonus in many ways, I know. Yeah. And that in itself promotes a bit more creativity because... I've got a pleasant environment, makes me want to do more, I've got
0: a good car to get around, makes me want to go out and paint stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Building the profile that you've got to make some money out of it, how did that come about? And was it kind of just something that happened on its own or did you make an effort to get out there and you know be part of the artistic community that you live in?
1: Well, I, I broke my neck in 1982. I, tried, I actually went into to the for a year. Probably about eighty three, eighty. 80, I must have been 84, I think. And I learned about CAD design, got some equipment, got a CAD program, uh, which is worth a lot of money, a bit of equipment. But then I decided that I was going to try and get into landscape design because uh, my previous work with that sort of area. Mm-hmm. And I was going to try and get into landscape design on PCs and stuff like that. And when you consider personal computers, really did not exist then. They were just starting to be yeah. invented. And uh, one trip I went down to Melbourne, and visited a track landscaping company in Melbourne. It's quite a large company that um, do large landscape designs around buildings all around the world in Melbourne and foreshores shores around Sydney. I think i like, think other places like that. And I said to them, if I could do all what those guys are doing around that big table there with bits of paper, would you be interested in hiring me? they said, yes. The long story cut short, I had an injury on my bottom, which was caused by a couple of orderlies in the hospital the year before. I ended up being bedridden for a long time, don't know. Mm. That line of work was virtually cut out for any practicality' sake, and then I went back to my painting. So I could, when I was sitting up, I could paint. I actually learned to paint laying in bed. About 1990 or 1989, a friend suggested to me, "Why don't I send some papers off to the Melbourne Painting Artists?" uh who are based in Europe with the Sydney office head office in Australia. I did that and anyway they sent back we they said we like your paintings and they were willing to offer me a, a scholarship or a stipend. Yeah. And that's how that started out. And I've sort of built up my art life through that a lot. But it's extended into the what you call the everyday normal person's art world as well. That's basically how it started out. That's how my art life actually revolves around that sort of thing. And every year I go up to the Brisbane Royal Wisdom Show, which is called Echo. I do demo, demonstration painting up there. Yep. And uh, that sort of brings in the realm of the well, what I call it, the vertical people's art, and uh, you know what I mean by that, don't you?
0: Uh, you can explain it.
1: The vertical people are those ones that walk around on legs.
0: <laughs> that. Yeah, people like us, yeah, okay.
1: People are like yeah, yeah. So just the normal first people's art, because they have a big display up there, and a big art show. I won two prizes up there, a second and a third. Okay. And uh, so you know the MFPA has a stand there. And we do you know paint for people so they can see actually how they're done. Now I get the comment a lot. People come back to me and say, "We would never have believed that could be done by holding a brush in the mouth unless we'd seen you doing it." But, and, but then there's also ordinary people around who are artists up there as well, so it's all just a different
0: way of, you know, working out as similar. I am, really. So, Simon, if there's anyone that's listening to this and they similar to what you were before your accident, they considered that they'd love to do a bit of painting but they don't know how to get started or they don't think that they've, you know, got the skills to do it, what would be your advice to people who... Uh, just want to kind of get into painting.
1: Trial and error, and uh, a bit of creativity, um, creativity, and lateral thoughts in mind. Because I mean, it's always going to be frustrating. And persistence, I guess, is the other one, do Persistence, yeah. yeah. Creativity, lateral thought, persistence, I reckon. And uh, because think about life, and I obviously have thought about life a lot. Didn't go to what I had planned initially when I was. In my mid-20s and I just look upon it as okay I made this ultimate direction I was heading in but and I break my neck so I just see that as a change of course mm. and a lot of people I've seen with spinal cord injury see that as the end of their normal life and I think that's one of the worst things you could probably think really and do because you know a lot of things happen to people no, I think it just changes direction. Painting is a good avenue of expressing a few
0: of those sort of feelings. But you've got to be able to get to a point where you're doing the painting, I guess. No, that makes sense. Good advice, I think. Roundabout way there, you want it? <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> so, Simon, my last question for you, if you could do anything with your art and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? And know that I wouldn't fail? Yeah. I'd like to do great
1: masterpieces. And I'd like to do it for something that's going to be a good cause. And I think there's so many starving kids and things on in this world. I'd like to maybe help them, perhaps in, inspire them somehow. Because you know, there's so many people in a situation where they can't help
0: themselves. Hmm. it great to be able to do something good about that, I reckon. Really yeah, good. definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that um, you have already inspired a lot of people with the, the, the artworks you've been able to create and you know some beauty that you're able to bring into the world as well. Oh, thank you, John. It's all right. Thanks, uh, thanks for the chat and yeah, just keep up the good work. I guess it's really inspiring. Thank you, John, very much. And
1: how's that good
0: wife of yours? Oh, she's go. she's very good. She's just home from a long shift, but uh, very happy to be home. Yeah, strike gold with that one, John. Right yeah, too. I think so too. There you go, people. Hope you enjoyed that yes, yes. and don't forget to leave me a five-star rating on iTunes if you can. As always, you can catch me on Twitter at Jono himself. Until next time, keep putting in work.